Okay, so if that's your extent of social media knowledge, boy, do we have a helpful message for you today. In fact, today we are talking about, as part of our parenting series entitled Helpline, we've been answering questions that we pose. We posed a question a few months ago on social media saying, hey, what questions do you have as parents about raising kids? And right up near the top was this question for today, and you have an outline in your bulletin, uh, that's the title of the message today, how do I handle social media with my kids? And believe it or not, there are lots of wonderful, helpful biblical principles, as well as some practical advice that we're going to give you today that could be very helpful. And to help us explain all that, I have a guest with me, Tarver Reader. And so would everybody say, hey, Tarver. Tarver, tell us a little bit about yourself. Why would I bring you in to talk about social media? Yeah, so I have a long kind of history with social media. It's what I studied in college. I have a communications public relations degree where I spent a lot of my time researching how we use social media and the effects it has. Um, And then once I graduated, I've been a youth pastor for the past three years, um, and now I'm the digital media and communications director for a a site, a church campus in North Mississippi. And so I, I work with social media day in and day out. Yeah, so he works with social media at the Orchard Church and he is also a pastor's kid. So you grew up in a pastor's home. <laughs> I did. I did. When the doors were closed, I was there. When the doors were open, I was always there. So it's Yeah. Kind of... So he's familiar with church. He's familiar with social media. Uh, when this question came in, how do I handle social media with my kids? I went, oh, Lord, you got to help me find somebody because I don't know much. And what's great is Tarver works with us every day. He's been in student ministry as well. You're going to find a lot of practical advice here today. And we hope you leave here today greatly encouraged. And his parents... Um, to be forewarned is forearmed. And if we understand some of the dangers and some of the things that are out there, we can do something about it. So point A in your outline says this, social media is here to stay. So as Christian parents, we need to teach our kids how to deal with it as people who love the Lord. Jesus prayed the night before he was crucified. He prayed for his disciples this way. He said, Father, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. And Tarver, that was, that was what excited me when you and I first talked about this. I said, look, we talk about centering lives on Christ. We don't want to pull our people away out of the world. We want to find out how do we engage this because social media can be used for good too, right? Absolutely. It's one of the things um, you are discussing. As much as we would like to just kind of run away and bury our heads in the sand and act like it's not happening, um, it's kind of here to stay. It's kind of a part of life. I was listening to a a podcast a couple weeks ago. There's a a Broadway show in which social media plays a primary role in it. And they were interviewing the leading actress and said, what do you think about the, the culture and the climate of social media in today's society. And she said, uh, her quote was kind of something that struck with me, and I want to read to you. It says, social media is not going away, but we are still figuring out how to navigate this gigantic tool. It's like a hammer. You can use it for productivity or for something that can be a weapon. And so that's the reality. That's here to stay, but we get to choose how we're going to use it for the good or as a weapon against other people. Yeah, and so that brings us to the second reference here, Philippians 2.15. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Look, online, there is access to all kinds of crooked and perverse ideas. That's obvious. But how are we going to live as clean and innocent people, as bright lights shining in a world like this? And today, that's what I want to talk about. How do we do that ourselves? And how do we do this with our kids? Because this is a message that's not just for parents with kids. Anybody uses social media, this is a helpful reminder. Absolutely. It's an incredible series on parenting, but today's conversation is a part of all of our lives. Whether you have kids, whether you, you don't, whether you're a grandparent, whatever it is, this impacts who we are and how we live and communicate every single day. And so I want to start with a couple kind of key statistics about just who you're aware of. And so we're going to throw these on the screen so you can see them. But the first one is the average typical cell phone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day. 
This is not just kids. This is you as adults. The average user, 2,617 times. The average teenager spends nine hours a day using media. And that could be listening to music, playing video games, social media, all that, any of that. But out of those nine hours, at least two of those on average are spent on social media. So I want to put this in perspective for a second. We as, and I can say this because I'm not on church staff here. We, many times when I put our children off on the church and say, y'all take care of them. You teach them biblical truths. You train them up. Well, in perspective here, two hours a day, they're spending 14 hours, and that's a low average for students online. On a good week, your children are at church for maybe two, three hours a week at most. Like, that's stretching it. And so the reality is three hours versus 14 hours. We have to learn how to communicate about social media, how to have conversations, how to monitor, because our students are on that day in and day out. You as parents are on that day in and day out. And so we have to know how to talk about that. Yeah, and so these statistics are greatly impacting us today. I think you had even a couple more. Yeah, a couple more. I'll switch to the next slide. This is one that we're going to talk about a lot today, but 28,258 internet users are watching pornography every single second. In 2016, Barna Research Group discovered that 57% of teenagers ages 13 through 17 have sought out pornography at least once monthly. 57%. This is a real thing we have to deal with. And the last one is there's no really conclusive evidence of, of what these studies show, but first-time exposure to pornography at a younger age, some stats say 8 years old, some say 11, some say 14, but either way, 8 or 14, there's not, that, that's, it's not okay. And so that's something we have to be aware of. Right. So let me read these references again, then I'm going to have a word of prayer for us for today. Jesus said, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, when we see stats like this, it's obvious that there is lots of crooked and perverse information right at our fingertips. And God, we don't want to go down that road. So today, Lord, I pray that you will open our eyes to some principles that can guide us from your word, some practical advice that Tarver is going to provide as well about dealing with social media. And God, we just pray that today we'll leave here encouraged with our eyes wide open so we can be all that you want us to be. Please speak and move us out of the way. We pray these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Now, Tarver, we're going to talk about a number of steps uh, to do to deal with this as parents, but it was interesting to me. Point B on the outline says it all comes back to identity. And when I first talked to you, you said, "Well, that's the starting place. You have to start with identity." Why? Yeah, this is what I'm very passionate about because I think at, at the core of who we are, the identity matters. And I want to go to, to scripture for a second. And your outline, you'll see Mark one verses nine through eleven. I want to read that for us. It says, "One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River." As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly beloved son and you bring me great joy. You see, what's happening here in this scripture is this is before Jesus has done any of his ministry. This is before he has done a single miracle, before he's healed a single person. He hasn't done anything to earn this. And God looks at him and says, you are my dearly beloved son and you bring me great joy. And, and the reality is we, as children of God who have been adopted in as Christians, we have that same identity. God looks at us and says, I love you. You are my dearly beloved sons and daughters. And so that is our identity. And so I think this is why we have to start here, because the core of who we are and the core of social media is we want to be fully known and fully loved. 
And so if we miss the fact that we're dearly beloved sons and daughters, we will begin to grasp for anything that can fill that void in our lives. And so social media begins to warp that. We do things for more likes and more followers and internet fame, when in reality, if we understood that we were dearly beloved sons and daughters, our actions would follow from that. Yeah, and let me even just read another passage. And these are principles. It's always so interesting when people say, well, what would the Bible have to say about social media? It wasn't even invented then. Well, no, of course not. But these principles apply. Listen to Romans 8, 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, which basically means dad. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. We are God's children. Would you say those few words with me, please? We We are are God's God's children. children. One more time. We We are are God's God's children. children. And not only that, but listen to what it goes on to say. And since we're his children, we're his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of glory. And Tarver, that really was something when you sent me uh, the notes and what you're going to be talking about. People do find their identity in social media. And if they get more likes, then they're a better person. And if they don't get likes, then they're worthless. And that's not the way God wants us to live our lives at all. Not at all. And it's kind of, we kind of laugh at the intro video before we started talking, but that's reality. And it's not just with students, it's with adults as well. It it, it spans across all of our lives. And this matter that, that this is a parenting series, this is for every single one of us in the room. We have to realize this. Yeah. And that brings us to point C. So if we're going to understand these things, well, there are some basic things that parents need to know about social media, basic things. And the reason we're going to spend some time walking through this is because here's something else that Jesus said, uh, Matthew 10, 16, he told the disciples, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes and as harmless as doves. He prayed that the father would leave them in the world, but protect them from the evil one. And Jesus said, I'm sending you out into the world. There's evil stuff out there, so you need to be wise. And that's why Tarver's here today, to show us some social media platforms and explain them. I mean, none of this was around when I was a kid. Well, the earth was cooling when I was a kid. But, but the point <laughs> is that none of this was here. But, but these things are constantly changing. But you're going to show us some things that are pretty mainstream right now, right? Absolutely. Well, I want to start with a place of your initial reaction today, maybe when we show you stats like we just did, and we talk about these platforms in just a second, is to go home, gather every single electronic device, put it in a bucket, and set it all on fire. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's going to be your reaction. But the reality is, it's just, that's not how we have to handle this. And so we're going to walk through just some key things that you need to be aware of. And one thing I would just say is, if you begin to restrict everything and you shut down all the access, your children are, are very... Uh, capable of finding new ways to communicate. And so it's important for us to, to know what they're on and how to communicate and how to monitor it. And so as much as I would like to sit here for hours and discuss every single platform, um, we just don't have the time for that. Right. And so we want to go through just, I think we're going to go through six main platforms that you need to be aware of and just some key things. So let's throw the first one up there. We're going to start with Instagram. This is probably the second most used social media platform by your, your children. Um, we're going to just kind of point out a couple things about the platform. At the top, you'll see stories. These are um, pictures and videos that show up for about 24 hours, and they're gone. Um, they're gone. They're not actually gone. They just, you just can't access them. They're on the server still. Um, it's an important thing for us to realize that in all social media, you may put it out there and you think, oh, it disappeared. It's not actually gone. It's the Internet. So anything you put out there, know that we need to be wise about what we share. The next thing is the inbox. In the top right corner of this screen, you can see the little paper airplane, little arrow. Um, that is your inbox. You can send pictures directly to someone, videos to someone, text to someone, and no one else needs it other than that person. So you as a parent need to be aware that inbox is an option. It's not just what they post on the main feed. It, there's multiple avenues of where you can use Instagram. 
The next thing is the, the main feed you see here. It's posters, uh, posts and captions, as well as likes. And then you're probably most familiar with that when you talk about Instagram. I want to go to the next slide, and I'll point out two things real fast. One of the trends that have happened among students in the past year or so is this idea of a of Finsta, which is a fake Instagram account. It's where they have two different Instagram accounts, one that's public, all the nice things that they want their parents to see and the public to see. And there's a second one they have protected that is kind of a hidden account where they post things and say things about other people. And so you just need to be aware of that as a parent, that there may be more than one account. Um, and that's a common thing. And the last thing is the protected accounts versus public accounts. If you look at the top of the screen there, where you see the red nine, that is where you can click that and see if there's more than one account logged in. So I have multiple accounts here because I work for a church and I have their accounts on here. But if you'll, you'll click that and it'll show all of those. Um, and that's just a way for you to check that. If you have a protected account, the protected account is locked where you have to approve their followers. Um, if it's a public account, anybody can see that. And so that's just the difference with Instagram. The next we're going to roll to is, is Snapchat. And this is the one that parents probably don't know the most about and most intimidated about, um, but your students definitely do. This is where they live and spend most of their time. And so we're going to talk about a couple of key things. This is your chat screen where you can see who you're uh, sending pictures, videos, or just text to. And with Snapchat, one of the biggest draws for students is once I send it and they see it, it's gone. Um, and while you can access it, like I said earlier, it is accessible still. So just know that. The next thing is um, the main screen. When you open the app, this is a nice picture of brick in my house because I didn't really want to take a picture of myself. So uh, <laughs> if you look at this, this is just the camera screen. But if, you will, if you're holding a phone and you're on this screen, if you kind of pinch the screen, it will pull up this next thing, which is called a snap map. By default... Um, this is a feature that came out a couple of, about a year ago, um, and this will show you where people's locations are. By default, this is on, uh, but you can go into ghost mode where somebody else doesn't see it. Now, one of the key things is this is not just for anybody to see. It's for your friends on Snapchat. So you just have to approve them for to see, your, see you on the map. But it's an important thing because most parents have absolutely no clue that people can see locations on Snapchat. Um, and so it's kind of a hidden feature, which is something you need to be aware of. And the last thing on Snapchat is this last screen. And the top is the stories, much like Instagram. Um, Instagram kind of took it from Snapchat, but these stories stay for 24 hours and they disappear. Um, in this bottom half, I want to spend a second talking about it. This is the Discover section of, Insta of, of Snapchat. And it took me a while to get this screenshot because I, I probably had to refresh about 10 or 12 times to get a, a picture that I felt decent enough showing on a screen on Sunday morning. You have absolutely no control over what comes across the Discover channel. This is, I mean, just to be really frank, it's a lot of sexual content that is, that is not appropriate for adults or children. Um, but this is the kind of content that's on there. You can't control it. No matter who you control and their friends are, this is the Discover platform. Um, and it's all kinds of different content that you need to be aware of. And this is why we're talking about this today. Remember, Jesus said, look, you're going to be like sheep among wolves. When you and I are trying to live godly lives, it's not like the devil isn't out here trying to tempt us. He's always doing that. And we need to understand this. And so we need to be alert to this and be talking about these things. You'll, we'll get to that more talking about this with our kids. The next platform we're going to look at is YouTube. Um, this is one that, next to Google, is the second largest search engine. Um, there's a couple things we want to talk about. One is there's all kinds of content, good content, bad content. There's all different kinds of content. Many of you use YouTube on a regular basis. Um, one of the key things here is the restricted safe mode. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of different 
kind of safeguards for you as a parent to put into place. And if you have an a, account on YouTube, um, you can turn on restricted mode, which all that does is, is filter out those contents that you don't really want to see. And one thing that we even discussed uh, between services last is, is a parent came and said, well, while I'm using, my kid is using YouTube, and the next play, it eventually gets to a place where I don't want them watching. One of the things I would challenge you to do, they, YouTube has realized that, um, and they've created a separate app called YouTube Kids. If you don't use that with your children, I would suggest using it. It kind of filters that out automatically. So it's a completely separate app um, that I would challenge you to use with, with kids. Good. The next one we're going to go to um, is, is Twitter. You, you may notice a little more. Your children probably won't use it as much. This is kind of your real-time feed where you can post kind of whatever. Um, in the next slide, we're going to go over the profile for a second. If you click on the settings and privacy, there's two things you can do. One is you can mute words. So you can put in certain words, and if that a word appears in those tweets, um, it will hide that from the content, from the, from the main feed. And so the, the thing about that is if you have the password, you can change that, but just know that's an option. And the last thing is blocked accounts. If there's, if there's spam accounts, or there's inappropriate content, you can block those accounts, and they won't show up as well. Um, it's a great thing to do. The next one, now this is one that uh, probably parents are least familiar with. This is a community, uh, like all social media platforms, they have their kind of tight-knit community. Well, this is one that's completely separate from a lot of things. And so I want to give you just this idea. This is Reddit. Um, the next slide has what's called subreddits. And you subscribe to these different platforms, and it's kind of like a mini community where you get to discuss these things. So here you have like different options of Apple or whatever these interests that you like. And then there's kind of a moderated forum. Um, and so with that, there's a lot of content on here. Some of it's really helpful. But the reality is there's a lot of inappropriate content. If you go to the main page of Reddit, you're not going to see it. But really quick one step into that, you can find it really anywhere. But the good thing is most of it is tagged with NSFW controls. Yeah, and let me just say what this is. NSFW means not safe for work. Okay? All right. Well, why is it safe for home? Okay? If this is something you wouldn't want your boss seeing on your computer... Why would we want our kids looking at it? Why would I want to be looking at it later in the evening? There's another scripture I have here. It goes with this. You could put NSFW right next to Proverbs 4. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. Look, long before social media, the temptation to be dragged in the gutter was all around. Still is. If it's not safe for work, oh, if it disappears. Okay, but if it's not, there we go. If it's not safe for work, it's not safe for my eyes at home. Wouldn't that be a good standard? Absolutely a great standard. One of the things you can do in settings is if you have the password, you can go and actually hide all of that content, and you, it won't show up unless you have the password to turn that back on. So know that in parental settings, just go in, privacy, turn off all those controls. Um, the last one we're going to talk about is Facebook. We're not going to spend much time on here because I'd be willing to say that you know the most about this and your children actually aren't on there. They may have an account, but they don't use it. This is primarily for you and your all, old friends. All of, yeah, I won't say it, but you friends. said it. Yeah, so, all of my old friends. Uh, yeah. Facebook is primarily where, what that's used for. So across all platforms, no matter what it is, there's two things I want to talk about for just a second. The first one is we kind of started with it, talking about statistics. It's pornography. Across any platform, it's everywhere. It doesn't matter if it's on a browser. It doesn't matter if it's on a social media. It's, it's, it's more rampant every single day. And so we have to know um, that there's a, it's just the reality that we have to deal with it. Many of you have children. You wouldn't walk into your, your, room, your child's room and hand a Playboy magazine and say, have fun, and close the night and walk out for the door. That's not the reality. You, but you do 100 times worse when you walk in with the phone and say, here you go, and there's absolutely no safeguards, no controls over it, and leave it in their room overnight. 
the, the content that's available through a device, if you have not taken the steps to make safeguards, it, it's dangerous. But we can fix that. And so that's what we're going to talk about. One of the things you can do in your notes uh, that you have in the, in the guide there, there are a couple different things. There's some monitoring software. Yeah, so open up your outline. At the bottom of the third page, you'll see some resources, and that's what Tarver's talking about right now. So there's Covenant Eyes, uh, Ever Accountable, and X3 Watch from Triple X Church. These are three great monitoring softwares that will send... Um, accountability reports to you every single week of what your child is looking at, or uh, even for you if you need this as well. Um, This is a great thing. Now, one thing I would say about this is these platforms are primarily for computers, not mobile. Um, So we're going to talk mobile for a second. Most of the things happen on mobile devices. So if you have an Apple device, they are probably ahead of the game. There's a parental setting in there that you can turn on and control all of that, um, and it actually helps that. Just go to parental settings and control all that. If you don't know how to do that, just Google how to turn on parental settings in, in Apple, and it'll help you. And in Android, you can get around the parental settings, but Covenant Eyes, that was listed on there, they actually partner with Android, and you can monitor all of that. So you have an Android, go with Covenant Eyes. If, if you have an Apple device, use the native. Um, the other thing I want to talk about really quick is cyberbullying. Oh, yeah. This is something that is, is very rampant. Um, it's only gotten worse over time. Um, social media has allowed for a level of being anonymous behind a screen where you could say things that you never would say in person. And so sometimes your child is the one being cyberbullied. Sometimes your child is the one doing the cyberbullying. And so it matters how we respond to this. And so you need to be able to know the signs of this, know how to have a conversation, monitor your children's profiles. Um, at the end of the day, it's your devices, so you, you should be able to step into that. Yeah, and it's real, if, uh, especially because so much of their social life involves social media. A bully can do a great deal of damage. Point D on your outline, we're going to talk about seven things uh, that we can do about social media. These are seven practical steps that we can begin to do right now today. And Tarver, you had listed two references from 1 Corinthians. Uh, First of all, 1 Corinthians 6, Paul said, You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything's good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. And then in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul also said, You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything's good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything's beneficial. So... Uh, explain again what you're talking about here. The whole idea is that on social media, there are things as Christians, I mean, we're not, we're not trying to earn God's favor, but just because we're saved by grace doesn't mean that everything that we look at is beneficial and some things can be controlling. Exactly. We're, the reality is, as Christians, we're supposed to be distinct and we have to live a life. While we do have freedoms to do some of those things, it's not always beneficial or helpful. And so we shouldn't become a slave to any of those type deals of, of pornography or just addiction to the phones in general. Um, and so that's, that's the reality. Yeah. And so you've listed seven things on the inside of the bulletin here, seven ways that we can uh, start handling this. The first is, is to be honest with ourselves. What do you mean by that? So I think the reality that we start here with be honest with yourself for two reasons. One is you set the example. As the parent and as the adult, it starts with you. We laugh at the video because it's funny on a video, but in reality, it's true. We tell our kids to put their phones down, but then as soon as our rings, we get really excited and we, we go there where it's work or personal life, whatever it is, it starts with you. And I also want to, on the other side of that is in a room this size, I don't want to kind of graze over the fact that we are dealing with this as adults, as children. Some of you can't step into this matter with your own children because you're terrified that the mask that you've spent years perfecting to hide your own brokenness and addiction might actually have to be dealt with. And so I want to say that today, we, that same God who calls your children dearly beloved sons and daughters, that's how he looks at you as well. And so if this is something that, that you say, this is an uncomfortable conversation for me because this is something I'm struggling with, have a conversation. Invite someone in. You can't do this alone, and it matters for all of us. 
Jesus said, why do you worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, here, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye, you hypocrite? First get rid of the log in your own eye, and then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. A big part of the church here, a big part of Centerpoint, Galatians 6.1, Paul said, hey, restore each other, the fallen brother, and do it lovingly and gently without falling into sin yourselves. You need to talk to somebody about this about an issue that you have, before you talk to your kids, see us. We'd love to help you with it. This is why God brings us together, so we can help restore each other and restore our kids. Second point you have here, a second step we can do is we can have an ongoing conversation with our kids. Why ongoing? You know, as many times, these conversations can be kind of uncomfortable or awkward. I mean, how many times have you heard the words pornography, sexting, all on stage at, at a church in the morning? It's awkward. We don't want to have that conversation. We want this to be a one-time conversation. Well, I talk to him about it. It's done. We don't have to think about it again. The reality is this has to continue. Social media changes every single day. And so as parents, this is an ongoing conversation, teaching moments, the reality. One of the phrases that I love using in student ministry was, we get to be awkward so that they don't have to be. <laughs> and that's the reality is as parents and as the church, we get to step into those awkward situations that are uncomfortable for everyone. But if we don't, then they're going to be left and they're learning it from somewhere. So why not as parents, us be the ones teaching? Deuteronomy 11, Moses said, so commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. There are teachable moments that will come. You mentioned cyberbullying. Well, I mean, when somebody gets something that's kind of an attack like that through social media, that's the perfect time to sit down and say, hey, what are we doing here, right? Absolutely. Or if we discover that our kids are spending way too much time on the phone, uh, way too much time looking at things and getting round, wrapped around the axle on something. It's like, hey, can we sit down and talk? I mean, there's, this isn't just a one-time conversation. Things are going to come up again and again in our lives too. And even when we blow it, it gives us the chance to say, hey, can I share with you something that I'm working through? I mean, that works, right? Absolutely. It's one of the most, um, the biggest gifts you can give your child is to be transparent and vulnerable and say, hey, I'm going to meet you where you are. This is not something you're isolated. We're in this together. Step three. You and I can start with our kids by asking questions. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That's a biblical principle from the book of James, but it applies to this, right? Absolutely. One of the, the quickest ways you can shut down a conversation is you come in guns blazing, knowing all the answers. If you come in and ask a question and say, well, what happened here? How did we get here? It diffuses the situation. Your child feels like they're heard. Whether their reasoning is one-sided or wrong altogether, it's okay but you've let them speak. You've let them be heard. And so from there, then you have the relational equity to say, I get that, but let's show you a way out. And so it's a great place to start. Yeah, because if there's a need behind the behavior, we want to figure out what that is. I mean, what's going on here? And that brings us to step four. We can respond with love instead of outrage. And I mean, this is all part of the same thought, but, but our kids are going to mess up. I mean, that's, that's guaranteed. It is. So if I haven't made up my mind to say, hey, I'm not going to respond with outrage. I'm going to expect this. I've got to have a better way to handle this. Well, then I can really make them angry and transfer that. Paul, Ephesians 6, 4, Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Not just venting, but disciplining them and instructing them. 
Yeah. I love the way Sonia left it last week, which she talked about the idea of breaking the cycle of frustration and disobedience and this kind of, this ongoing thing of just sending them away. When you find out that your child is looking at things online they shouldn't be, or they're addicted to something, whatever it is, your natural instinct is to going to be, to be outraged, like just to be upset, ticked, and you just kind of want to, like I said, put it all in the bucket and set it on fire. But that's the worst thing you can do. Be able to, to, to walk in and say, let's walk through this together. And, and when we say lo- respond with love, that doesn't mean like, oh, it's totally fine. Do whatever you want online. That means having hard conversations, loving them well through tough love, and walking through that and saying, well, I'm going to step down into where the mess you're in and show you a way out. And that brings us to step five, to build a safety net, not just a rescue line. Um, the idea here is to be proactive. Proverbs uh, 22.3, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precaution. It's the simpleton that goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. I had a young man at, the, was at our 8 o'clock service. He came out and said that was the verse that stood out to him. I need to be proactive about this. And that's what we're talking about. Absolutely. When the reality is, many times I meet with parents who want a one-stop fix. I want to do one thing, and this is taken care of. And the reality is, that's just, it just doesn't happen. It's a, it's a web, so we use this kind of this idea of the safety net because it's overlaid with a lot of things. It's monitoring software, it's conversations, it's parental settings, it's uh, all the things, you name it, the better it is, whether they're waiting for them to be drowning and then say, well, I'm going to throw you a line now and try to get you out. It's building a safety net for when they do fall um, because it, it helps. But I want to say to you real quick, maybe you're a parent sitting here and you're thinking, well, well, my child would never walk into this. My child will, will never be that. Friends, I've sat across coffee shops. I've had parents sitting in my office with tears in their eyes who say, well, I didn't think it would be my family, and now we're here. This is something that everyone faces. So please don't walk out today and think, oh, well, my family's not going to deal with that. This is the reality that we all have to deal with every single day. Step six, we can remind our kids of their identity daily. We started with this, and we're coming back to this. It's so important. Your identity doesn't come from social media or from some bully on social media. Jesus loves you. Listen to another reference. Ephesians 1, Paul. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and, fa- and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family and bring us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Boy, we need to remind each other of this, and I want to remind you today of this. God loves you. He loves you so much he sent his son to die on the cross for you. His opinion is what is most valuable, and he loves us. Our kids need to be reminded of this. We need to be reminded of this, that our identity is in Jesus. And that's what you, I loved it when we talked on the phone. You're going, it's the identity thing, right? It all comes back to this. Because once we say, if we understand this, if we grasp this, and not just know it, if we believe it, it changes how we live. Last step is to pray, and we can pray. And we say this because I'm a pastor and you're a pastor's kid. We have to throw that into every service or else we don't. No, that's not what's happening. Uh, The reason we pray, Peter said, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. And Tarver, this is a spiritual battle. It is, absolutely. And the reality is, you know, like you said, it's not just a a cheesy church answer we give. At the end of the day, we're fighting against uh, uh, the devil who is searching to destroy us. He's come to, to bring death and, and destroy us. And the reality is we have a father who's come to bring life and give us life that really is life. And so we have to pray to a God who can protect our children. There's nothing we can do on our own power. We can, we can put things in place. But at the end of the day, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against way more than that.
So we're going to pray. We're going to have those awkward conversations. Even have those conversations again. We're going to ask God to guide us in this. And we're going to remind our kids that we love them and that Jesus loves them. These are things we need to be doing. These are things we need to be praying about. There are resources available. There are people like Tarver who can give practical instruction. There's all kinds of things available. And I want us to pray about that. Before we do, can we thank Tarver for coming? Can we give him a round of applause, please? Thank you. Thank you. Leave this screen up while we're praying. I want to pray about these seven things. Will you pray with me, please? Gracious Heavenly Father, we just come before you. And Father, I just want us to be honest with ourselves. I pray that we will be. This isn't somebody else's issue. This is my issue. And God, help us be honest with ourselves. You already know where we are. Why would we try to play games with you? Father, I pray that we'll have ongoing conversations with our kids and with other family members about this. Our grandkids, our nieces, our nephews, our best friends. Father, I pray that we'll ask questions when we come into difficult circumstances. Why are you doing this? We'll discover the need behind the actions. And Father, that we'll respond with love instead of outrage and make a safety net. Be proactive. Forewarned is forearmed. We've gotten good information today. Lord, I pray that we'll discover where the parental controls are. We'll get on YouTube and look up a video how to set these things. If we don't know, we'll make a phone call. And Father, we'll remind ourselves and our kids of their identity daily that Jesus loves you and we love you. And we'll pray for each other. God, I thank you for your word. All these principles come straight out of your word. All these ideas are practical and helpful. Bind them together in our hearts and make us wise. Oh God, we thank you for the opportunity. I pray for every parent in this room. We thank you for the opportunity to raise our kids. Give us wisdom so we can raise them to be godly. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.